today on The Breakdown. It's been over three years that we've been making this show. And every single show up until this one, I've known the details about the hand. But today, we do something a little bit different on The Breakdown. One of us knows all the details. The other one knows nothing. We're going to break down this hand. It's going to involve Max Heiselman and Ben Wilanowski. They're at the EPT Berlin final table. All the monies are apparently in play, I assume. We're going to find out. We're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, it's uh, slightly special, and we kind we kind of uh, have been thinking about doing something like this for a while. Yeah, and it kind of came organically today, and we're like, okay, today's the day; it's gonna happen. Right. I was Where, like on my Twitter feed while you were watching the hand. I was like, you know what? Don't tell me. Yeah. I won't watch it. So with we're gonna you. see how it goes. Jonathan doesn't know what's going on. We'll eventually do one where I don't know. You know, stuff yeah. like that. It'll be fun. Um, so. Anybody who worries about us being results-oriented, Jonathan won't be, at least. I can't be. The only thing I know for sure is I know Ben Wilanowski ultimately does win this tournament. So I know he's if he has less chips, I know he's not going to be eliminated in this hand. Yeah. But I think he's the chip leader going into the hand, correct, Grant? That's correct. So actually, then I know nothing, right? I know it probably won't go down to like one blind, but I don't even remember how you that are, goes. You so. are Jon Snow at the moment. It's nice. It's kind of nice. Now, I want to say one other thing about this. Um, as we always do, we're going to be breaking this down, uh, the, all the decisions from a theoretical point of view and a practical point of view as sure. best we can. And I don't expect to get their decisions correct, right? I expect yeah. all I'm going to do is talk about what I think is optimal because the whole, the whole point of choosing a hand is it's almost always non-standard. Yeah. So there's, I expect there to be non-standard decisions and then not to do what I would be thinking is optimal. And I'm not trying to get that part right. I'm, we're just trying to figure out what's the best decision. We're going to see how me not knowing what happens, if that affects anything or not. Okay. It's going to be fun. Cool. Here we go. Here we go. Um, this is, by the way, the same tournament with Ben Wolanowski in it uh, that is maybe the greatest hand we ever broke down. Yeah. Is in the same tournament with Ben Wolanowski against Hugh Vanden Bygart. I think you could argue it's the greatest fold, unless, except, I don't know, the Galen Hall fold might be better. No, no, it's better. You think, I don't know, man, Galen Hall's heads up. No, I, I feel like the Galen Hall one I could potentially do if played as Galen Hall. Because, I will never the do the Vanden Bygart fold. I would never do the Vanden I don't know if I'd do either one. I certainly wouldn't do the Vanden Bygart yeah. fold. They're both amazing. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should check those out on a YouTube channel. One of them's called He Did What? Yep. That's the Galen Hall one. Do we know what the other one is? So. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Is and if you're a podcast, guys, you know, we do sell our old podcasts That's on right. uh, Selfy, dot com. Look for the poker guys. You can buy, I think it's in the greatest of all time bundle, which is five podcasts for five ninety nine. That you can buy the uh, the Wilanowski Van and Bygart mm. hand along with other obviously great hands the f- the five we think are greatest in our podcast archives. Yeah. You can also just buy all the archives 137 podcasts for 99 bucks sounds pretty good to me. It's a great deal. It's some unbelievable amount of hours. Uh, you know you just you know you go to the movies whatever like four times or I guess really expensive movies you go to the movies like seven times or you get 137 like 45 minute podcasts. It's, by the, it's 92 guys. hours. 92 hours. Yeah. That's an extraordinary Including some time. great ones like like the one we, we mentioned. Um, yeah. A lot of them were suggested by Ben Jones Groves, actually, mm. and he suggested this hand, too. Well, 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 look what you just did there. So he's a classic. He's nice a classic, job. this Ben Jones Groves. Of course, DJG. if you want to suggest a podcast or a video breakdown, or either, or both, or all, or metaphysical. All the things. Use Twitter. We are two poker guys, number two poker guys, including YouTube link and a timestamp, which, of course, Ben Jones Groves did because he knows what he's doing. He does. He's a he's a legit homie. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So That's how we refer to him. Let's get to the hand. All right. All right. I'm so, excited. What happens? It's the final table of yeah. EPT Berlin. I believe it's a full table, which in the EPT means eight eight players. Okay. Um, it folds around to Wilanowski on the button. He is the chip leader. We're at 30K, 60K. He's got 5.9 million. Okay, so he's got almost 100 blinds. Yes, he does. And he's got two red fives. Seems like a pretty easy open. Yeah, so that's what he's going to do. He's going to make it 125K. Okay, so cool. I think today it might be a bit bigger, but... I think it would. It's funny, like, two years ago we might be like, why so much, Ben? And now we're like, why so little, Ben? Right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think now it's more like 140, 150K. I think 150 is probably yeah. what I do here. Especially considering that Heiselman is second in chips and in the big blind. So his yes. calling range is wide. It's not affected by his chip stack. Yeah. Um, but anyway. It's fine. Opening two fives on the button is the most standard thing. So far, me and Ben are in alignment. Yeah, so there's going to be another pretty standard decision here by Max Heiselman in the big blind with ace-ten of hearts. Yeah. He decides to call. 
He could three bet. I mean, Ben's going to be wide, but he's second in chips. Ben's the chip leader, and he's going to be out of position to Ben for the whole hand. Ben's not going to fold that much of his range to a three bet in position. I, I think I prefer a call. I like a call for all the reasons. I yeah. mean, if we three bet, A, we can get four bet that blows. B, we're going to be playing a bloated pot out of position with a hand that only flops okay. Like if we flop an ace in a three bet pot and Ben doesn't fold on the flop, I don't know where we are. Yeah, that's a problem. Ben and can then... have ace jack. Ben can have ace queen. This ben is... can have ace king if he wants to. If, if Heisman's second in chips. And a lot of people will think like, well, you should just play your hand for its value or you should play in a way that's optimal in that moment, regardless of the situation at hand. And I completely disagree. That seems like, crazy to me. Yeah, the situation is we're second in chips, Wolnowski's first in chips. We should proceed with caution. It's not crazy to do that. It's absurd to bust right here as... Uh, as Heiselman, obviously we could bust, and there are reasonable ways to do it. But to get in a huge preflop raising war with Ace Ten suited against a guy who, by the way, is not afraid to four bet. Yeah, his in fact his uh, online handle is never scared. <laughs> yeah, true story. Yeah, never scared six or something like that. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Also, Wilanowski's really good. Heiselman's really good. I'm sure not everyone else at the table is really good. So you want to play this huge pot against the one guy who can bust you out of position when there are lots of fish probably, at, the, at least some fish still at the table, I imagine. just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We should play this hand to, to lose a small pot a lot of the time. We just call here. It costs one blind. We get to see a flop. If we flop something cool, if we don't, we can check fold. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't hurt us at all just to see a flop. Yeah. Um... So I like that. So I want to use this as a platform now to talk about something that's mm. kind of more of a meta thing that I think is important to discuss because it's not something that's completely understood by everybody. Okay. And that's that the situation does matter that you're in. Is this because of that YouTube yes, channel it is. we got? Yes, and I want to bring it up, actually. Cool. I think Great. this is actually worth talking about. Great. I think it is, too. Um, so we did recently the hand that everybody's been talking about between Daniel Cates and Phil Helmuth on Poker Night in America. Yeah. Where, um, where Helmuth bluffs Cates with queen high, giving Cates six to one on the river. And Cates ends up folding, and one of the points we made was if Cates calls, he gets to win 200k versus the zero dollars for second place. And if he if he's right, and if he he calls and he's wrong, he's still a two to one chip leader, yeah. and he still has a massive chip lead. So based on those two outcomes, it seems like calling should be right, considering especially the strength of his hand. And it, and it, there's actually a third outcome which matters. If he folds, he's only a little bit more than a two to one chip leader. Yeah. Phil Helmuth, there's 200k chips total in play. Phil Helmuth has. 10k less chips than if he calls and fold calls or folds calls and loses or folds so it's not a big difference there but we can win and win the whole thing so yeah that feels situationally like if we have any reason on the call we probably should usually call right yes yes that's correct so um i don't remember who it was but somebody took lani lani oh, lachi panetta there you go yeah took issue with with our analysis based on that point saying mm. He was disappointed in us, in fact. I think he used the word disappointed. It felt like my dad sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> because we um, we had made it clear that we thought the situation outside of the actual optimization of playing this hand perfectly mattered. That's what my dad's disappointed in me, too. <laughs> so so to say, it shouldn't matter whether or not it's 200K if we call and win versus like right. similar chip leads if we call or fold. Just make the optimal decision and there's right. nothing else to think about. Right. And uh, that that's just wrong. In well, our... let's talk about why. Because, of course, we're playing a game of expected value, mm -hmm. and that decision has expected value tied to it that is not just the chip expected value in that moment. It mm -hmm. has the 200K versus $0 expected value, and the zero, and that's, it's not like you get $0 if you're wrong when you call. So the expected value of calling has to be way more than 100K, right? Um, I would assume so. Yeah, based on like all of the meta factors involved. I mean, we thought it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Daniel Cates thought it was at the moment. I guess he know. didn't. I right. guess he didn't. Um, but the point being, like, having a 2-to-1 chip lead if we fold versus a 1.8-to-1 to, to one chip lead if mm -hmm. we call and we're beat is not such a significant difference compared to 200K if we call and we're right versus that 0.2 chip lead difference if we call and we're wrong. Right. I mean, it's one thing. Another way to think about it is... Um, Going back to the famous James Oakes, Michael Ron hand, right? Which I love to bring up because it's so instructive about this exact point, right? Right. The situations matter. So Oakes has bottom full house. Ruan has the straight flush. There's like two tables left in the main event or something like maybe three, right? I mean, they're down to it. And Ruan raises the river for 65 more blinds in a spot where he just doesn't have to do it. And 
there's a few different things in play here, but one of them is the understanding that it's incredibly unlikely that Ruin would ever be bluffing. Yeah. Right there because of the situation. Because we have like four tables left in the main event. If we have Bottom Full House, and Doug Polk actually argued this, right, on his, in the video he made about it, you may, you're probably supposed to call sometimes against some players, right? Because they may be shoving the nut flush and things like that. But we felt very clear when it's never shoving the nut flush in this spot based on the, how the hand went down ever in a million years for value. He's never doing that. Right. So we can only beat a bluff. And then the question is, is Rowan even ever bluffing? We thought it was unlikely. So did Opst, by the way. Opst yeah. said, I guess you just have a straight flush and folded his sevens full correctly. Yeah. And I like to think that I would be able to do that. I think I would take longer than Opst, but I think I would be able to fold my sevens full there too. Um, maybe that I'd have to be clear that Ruan's good enough to know that his nut flush is not a value shove. Right. So what's instructive about that situationally is that that is very different than level two of a hundred dollar tournament. Exactly. In the same spot with sevens full. Exactly. Because Where it's a your, snap call. Your opponent is thinking differently. Their ranges are different. You, I mean, it's a completely different situation in its entirety. Right. What and there, even if it's the same price, the same everything else is exactly the same. It's not the same situation and and let me go even further if ruan and obst are playing a ten dollar buy-in tournament together in our home here and i yeah. say our home as if we live together we <laughs> do not in poker guys headquarters though i think of it as a home um there's five of us we're playing a ten dollar buy-in tournament and they have those hands and the board is the board obst is calling the river for a ten. Oh, and a ten. yeah because all the odds are the same everything's the same but the situation is different there's not a lot of pressure of course, Ryan might be shoving the nut flush there. Or and he might bluffing. be bluffing. He might be bluffing a lot. Also, we're going to get done with this $10 tournament and play another one. Yeah. So just Opes like, and Opes doesn't care if he loses. He, he can just like, go oh, that's around funny. on his iPad for another half hour until somebody yeah. wins the little sit and go, and then we're going to play again. Well, we know Opes wouldn't get on his iPad because of the radiation. Oh, right. I forgot, about that. I forgot about that. He would be going on his rubber and wooden, you know. He's got the uh, Michael McKean abacus. better. He's got the Mike, Michael McKean better call Saul <laughs> disease. He does. He yeah. does. Although that, that was proven to be false. Yes, the, it was. The most recent season. By, by that clever doctor. I was actually in season one. Actually, no, I'm not talking. Have you not seen season three? I have. Okay, well, in season three, there's a lot more. Pr- it's proven to be yeah. a little more false than that. Yeah, but it? it was already proven in season well, one. Well, it wasn't necessarily. Pr- okay, let's not get into this. Okay. <laughs> I was really, I was really going to get this into it. This is a different podcast. Okay. This is okay. Entirely- okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry for, for that. So, long- but, but yeah, coming back to it, though, yeah, like the situation, of course, matters. And this is a perfect example. Opes calls in the $10 buy in tournament and our, and Poker Guys headquarters yeah. and folds in the main event. Everything else is exactly the same. All the blinds are the same. Everything's the same. Right. Stacks are the same. So to bring it back to, to the hand we're talking about. Yeah. That is why I think Ace-10 suited out of the big blind when a loose button opener opens and we're both deep should sometimes be a three-bet, mostly for value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In this situation where ICM is certainly a factor and we're second in chips, Wolanowski's first in chips, I think this, that situation matters. And mm-hmm. and I wanted to just, I mean, that's a very roundabout way to say that, but it's instructive, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's cool to talk about. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so that's what happens. Heisman just calls. Okay, so far, of hearts. so far everything's been pretty standard. Right, two fives, two red fives for Wolanowski, ace ten of hearts for Heiselman, four point eight five million for for Heiselman, and uh, five point nine million for Wolanowski heading to the flop. Four point eight million for Heiselman, though. that's the effective stack, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the pot is three hundred twenty thousand, and the flop is a good one for Wolanowski. It's five six seven rainbow. Okay, that is a good one. For one Wolanowski. one heart. There's one heart on there, so there's a backdoor flush draw for Heiselman. Backdoor flush draw, black backdoor straight draw. Yeah. That's and correct. two overs. And two overs. Okay. Um, what do you think Heiselman does? Um, I would expect he would check here, but it's not the worst board to donk out on, with, especially in, with this in this spot. But I would expect he would check. He does. He checks. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think Wolanowski does? I'd be shocked if Wolanowski did anything but bet. He does. I he, would expect he's going to bet something along the lines of 140000 Wrong. He goes for a bit of a bigger bet. Oh, he does. He bets two hundred k into three hundred twenty. Really? Yeah. Oh, that is surprising. Yeah. Not obviously, you know, it's one blind more, but still, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Whatever. I mean, it's fine. Obviously, it's I a- mean, I think part of it might just be that he's aware that Heiselman is the second biggest stack, and if Heiselman is anything that he's calling with, his range probably isn't changing too much. One forty to two hundred k. That's true. Might as well get the pot pretty big by the time the river comes around. We could kind of guarantee a top three finish if if this goes really well. That's a fair point. Yeah. All those things are fair. You also want to really charge the gut shots because the gut shots are all going to call. Right, yeah. so we might as well charge him a little bit more. The open enders, may... I mean, ahead. Heisman has a bunch of like open enders and pairs and open enders in his range. Stuff no like question, that. yeah. And we're gonna have to go with this hand. So I mean, it's gonna suck. If we have to get it in right now because we're 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 losing those straights, which are absolutely in Heisman's range. But we're never gonna fold this hand. I guess we don't have to keep raising it though. We can no, just we can call. just call. We yeah. get raised, we can call. We're in position. It's fine. Um, anyway, so that's cool, right? right? So he bets three blinds, three and a half blinds. All right, so Heisman 
you did mention all of the things that are good about his hand. He has two overs. He has the backdoor not flush draw, and he <laughs> yes. has backdoor a straight draw. But it's not that good. And Wolanowski bets somewhat big. I think it's probably a fold, right? I mean, it's fine to call once. With ace and high can be the best hand a lot here. It can, right? it can. and we do have two backdoors, and we're deep. I think it's really okay to call. It is a. I mean, it's hard to find a good card on the turn, though. I mean, a ten is a good card. The nine or eight of hearts are amazing cards, right? Um, the other thing is those are cards that are often going to shut down action, so we actually get a free river a lot of the time. Or we can donk it ourselves. Yeah. An ace might be a good card. If we hit an ace or a ten, we're not going to fold on the turn. If we hit a heart, we're not going to fold on the turn. If we hit a, an eight or a nine, we have to strongly consider calling. If it's cheap, that's about it, right? I mean, an eight or a nine isn't probably good enough, but it depends on the price. And often, though, an eight or a nine is usually going to get a check on the turn anyway. It's almost always going to go check, check, which is great for us. Yep. Well, Heiselman doesn't call. Oh, yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. I was assuming he was going to call. He's going to go ahead and raise. Well, now I'm loving Ben's sizing, Wolanowski sizing, if, if Heiselman's got... I guess, thinking about the one hand I know about Heiselman, which is the where he six-bet all in with the ace-six against uh, Sean D. We talked about this on our last podcast, too, the Sean D. podcast. Um, pre-flop in the main event, yeah. where he had ace-six blind versus blind and deep head aces, and Heiselman got it all in and won. Uh, because Heisman's got some crazy in him. Yeah, he's definitely got some crazy he's in a, him. He's a high-stakes reg, and he's got some serious crazy This in is him. an example of having a little crazy in you when you are second in chips, and you're against the chip leader, and you're right. deciding to check craze on a board that is not very good for your hand. Um, but it is good for your range. It's just bad for your hand, right? And that's, yeah. that's what he's thinking about, which actually, this might be a really profitable play. It's just not going to clear. It's clearly not going to work right now. Maybe it'll no. work by the, end of the, by the end of the hand, depending on what cards come out. If straight cards come out, maybe he can bluff his way home, but... Yeah, this this is obviously. I don't know if I hate this play. I actually, I don't, I don't hate this play at all. No, because Wilanowski is gonna gonna see bet a hundred percent, right? Nearly a hundred percent, and maybe he doesn't see bet like a six or a hand like that. Heiselman's okay. got more of this than Wilanowski has, although because the button range is so wide, Wilanowski's got a lot. Too. I don't know if that's necessarily true. You know, like I think Wilanowski has three four suited, four eight suited, right? But five, Heisel- six, Heiselman probably has all the off suit combos too. So does Honestly. Wilanowski. Does Wilanowski have like five seven off? I don't know if he does. I think he probably does on the button. He might because he's the chip player. Yeah. He might. He might. Okay. So he, then, then he might then not they, have he then might then not have three four off where Heiselman does. That's maybe that one. Okay, but they're, they're okay. Fair enough. They're pretty close. Yeah, they're pretty close. Okay. Right. Um, so he's going to raise. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. This is fun. All right. Yeah. I, I do not hate this play. What do you think about this play? I don't hate it either okay. because because of the perceived range. And Wilnowski certainly has smashed this board, but he doesn't always smash this board. Wilnowski right. has plenty of like queen ten in his range, you know. Hand, I mean, hands that Heiselman's beating, but it's better just to not worry about it and end it now mm-hmm. against hands like that anyway. As long as Heiselman's going to play the nuts like this too, I'm totally down with this. You know, which I, be- I believe hands. he would because yeah. the nuts on this board is a straight, and uh, good players often raise straights when they're the nuts because we don't block anything yeah. and we can't improve. Actually, quick question. We're thinking about Heiselman's value here beyond straights. What else is he raising? Is he raising two pair, do you think? See, that was going to be my question when we're, when we're approaching uh, Wilanowski's decision. Yeah. Because Wilanowski can't fold. No. Obviously. But in a way, this is a bit scary. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of Heiselman's raising range has a set of fives beat. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, then, and by the way, has good equity against a set of fives. I got to believe he has all the two pairs, Heiselman. Yeah, maybe he does. I don't know. It's a it's a little bit of a weird spot though to raise here and then get three bet. We're we just gonna raise fold two pair. It sounds awful. I mean, we can have a raise folding range sometimes, and maybe if we just take the two pair combos because we have so many raise not folds here. That's true. It just sucks to raise for value and fold. But I guess if if Wilnowski three bets, it's so strong when he does he doesn't have to. Right, and there's and, no there's no flush draw, so we're not worried about combo draws right. three betting us. Right. And what's Wilanowski really going to raise back? Air or a huge hand or like the nuts himself, yeah. basically. I don't know if Wilanowski's going to raise anything else for value but the nuts here. Maybe top set, right? Right. I mean, so I think it's a pretty clear. Okay. We can do a raise fold with two pair because we can absolutely get called by worse hands. Okay. So I think yeah. it's okay to have raise folds here. And if we're going to raise um, our gut shots and or some of our open enders, then we need to have probably enough two, some two right. pairs in there too. But I want to say, I think this is actually kind of a crappy situation for Wilanowski already. Yeah. Now that, and that's kind of the beauty of Heiselman's race here, although we can't obviously know that Wilanowski has bottom set. But of the, the two pair combos, there aren't that many be, from Wilanowski's perspective because he has, like, he knows three of the fives are gone. Yeah. Right? Because he has three of them. Um, well, he has two of them in his hand. Uh, so Heiselman has seven, six, which is eight combos. Or is mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's eight combos. Five, well, six. Well, I mean, it's four. 
Oh, eight combos. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Seven, six is eight combos. Um, he's got five, six, and five, seven, which, from Wilanowski's perspective, are three combos each. Okay. So that's 14 combos of two pair. But I think Heiselman probably has three, four offsuit, right? I think he does. So that's 16 combos right there that right. is beating two fives. He's Let's definitely got eight, nine offsuit. For sure. 32 combos. I mean, he's got sevens and sixes also. Yeah, he's all range. the combos of those. I think he does. Yeah, absolutely he does. So that's another six combos. Maybe once in a while he'll three bet those pre, it's but unlikely. not very often. I wouldn't expect he him to. He flatted ace, ten of hearts. He's going to flat those. I mean, those are hands that play so well as a call in this spot against the chip leader when you're second. So chips. we're up to 38 combos, six of which have us completely destroyed. Yeah. This, the sets. Right. Um, and then four eight suited for sure. He's got that hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He doesn't yeah. have four eight off, I don't think. No, but I don't think so. Either. Four, eight suited. So that's forty two combos of oh crap for Wilanowski to worry about. Yeah, and very few combos of I got him. Yeah. So but what we, what we can beat though are things like pair in a straight draw, open ender, gut shots, stuff like that. Yeah, and uh pure bluff. Yes, and pure bluff, which you wouldn't expect too much of, but it ties them in, so I guess we have to believe there's at least some of that. Now, here's the problem for Wilanowski, and I don't know what happens in this hand, which is kind of fun, so yeah. be able to say this, is that there could be a lot of cards that come on the turn of the river that really feel like if we weren't if we weren't behind already we're behind now, like yep. if an if a nine comes off, and Heinzel, Heiselman bets big, it's like uh I mean he just has a straight all day here right yeah he, he wouldn't bet two pair he wouldn't bet a set he would there's a lot of things he wouldn't bet here but he would certainly continue with his straights if he so if he had eight seven or ten eight and he and he was bluffing on the flop with ten eight. You know, the overs in the open yeah. ender, which is reasonable. Yeah, with the draw to the super nuts. The nine comes. Yeah, he's got the super nuts. Or whatever, ace, eight, whatever he decides to bluff. King, eight suited. I don't know, queen, eight suited. Whatever it is. Now we're just screwed. I mean, granted, the board could pair. You know, so we're, yeah. we're probably not going to be able to fold the turn. But it's just such a yucky spot where, like, there's. I can see scenarios where the board's going to really be uncooperative to, to uh, Ben Wilanowski here. And he may have to consider folding a set down the line. We'll see. Right. Um, That's what so, sucks. So I think the interesting part is like we flopped a set. What a miracle we got raised. But really in this spot against a competent player, it's not so great to get raised. Yeah. Now we can't fold clearly because only six of those combos that I mentioned of the 42 have us in jail, which are pocket sixes and pocket sevens. The rest of them we have a lot of equity against with all board pairs. Correct. And also we can't fold because we can't fold. We right. have a set. We're heads up. We're not folding. Of course. And Heiselman clearly has bluffs in his range. He has ace, ten of hearts here. Right. And and he has a reputation. I mean, I don't know what he looked like at this final table. I, I mean, I saw this ages and ages ago now. But I remember what he looks like. And he looks like the kind of kid who has a million bluffs in him. And it turns <laughs> out he does. You know? He does. And I got to imagine they're not... Like, there's got to be a ton of bluffs, and it might just be a range-based thing where this board is the type of board that he's check-raising. Right. And if and Wilanowski and Heiselman, by the way, it, it was mentioned by Hardigan in the broadcast that they've played hundreds of thousands of hands online. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it easier for Wilanowski, I think, yeah. to, to be less afraid with fives. Right. It's one of those, I hope this is great, I call spots, I yeah. think. This yep. is probably great. Every so often it isn't. That's why I'm not going to re-raise because yep. I don't want to get in a horrible spot here. But I'm certainly never going to fold. Right now, anyway, and hopefully the board won't be ridiculous. Right. So we'd really love it if the board could pair. So Wilnowski does call. Great. And I think that's probably the only decision. I think so. Yeah. Um, and the pot just got really big. Yeah. What are we talking? One point four four million. How much now. did Heiselman make it? He made it five eighty. Okay. He started with four point eight five. Now the pot's got one point four four million in it. And so Heiselman now has like four point two million left. A bit more, or a bit less than that, because of the preflop. Okay. Yeah. So like he's got like sixty five blinds four. or something. Around four. He's got okay. around four million. Yeah. Um, a little more. Sixty seven blinds. One point four four million. And uh the turn is an interesting one for, for this hand. It's the ace of diamonds. Right. So this is a weird spot for Heiselman all of a sudden. Right. Yes. He was just bluffing on the flop and if he was gonna pick up equity, he wasn't necessarily thinking about like I'm gonna pick up an ace or a ten and he's he's more thinking like I hope a straight or a flush card comes for me and I can feel more comfortable continuing probably. I mean, an ace is a good card, but it's probably going to play better as a check than as a continue to bet card. Yeah, and you know? that's what I want to talk about. Like, yeah. what do we want to do here? And it's it's kind of a weird spot because we've represented such strength on the flop. We were bluffing then. Now we've turned what is the best hand a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and what do we, so what do we want to do? And to inform that question, I want to ask because we didn't at all. From Heiselman's perspective, as played so far, what do we think Wilanowski has? What type of hands does Wilanowski yeah, have? Now that he's actually called us, yeah. right? Well, okay, he can have all the over pairs. Yeah. He can have um, pairs, just pairs that he decides to call with because he thinks we are uh, 
we have a lot of bluffs and we got a lot of semi bluffs and stuff on like the flop. Like king seven suited hands like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he can himself have good straight draws or straight draws with overs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if he has ten nine, he's probably going to call. Right. Um, he can have just a, an ace eight type hand. Yeah. And call. You can have a pair and a straight draw on the flop. Seven eight exactly. Yeah. Six five, eight five eight. All those things. Three three five mm-hmm. four five. All those hands. All those hands. He's gonna he's gonna call all those hands. Yeah. Right. So we've taken the lead on most of those hands. Yes. However, if we bet and he doesn't fold on the turn, we're probably in trouble, right? Yeah. It's bad. So I kind of like checking here because now it looks like well, what are we repping when we check? We're repping a hand like 7-8 and we're repping a hand like two tens. I don't know how we ever really have two no, tens. No, we don't have two tens. Two eights? We could have two eights. Yeah. So, like, we check-raise with our all our equity, and we often have the best hand anyway. We got called, and then an ace came, and it's like, oh, I check now because that's a, quote, scare card. And I think what's really going to happen is most of the time Ben's going to check back almost his entire range here. I don't expect Ben to bet even ace-king here. I don't know if he can have ace-king. Maybe he can because— Because it's Heiselman? Because it's Heiselman. I don't know if he does. He might just check uh, ace-king on the flop anyway on that board, and he might not call a check-raise. He probably doesn't call a check-raise. But if somehow he has an ace in his hand, let's call it ace-eight. Ace-eight, ace-nine make a lot of sense, right? Um, I guess ace-four, ace-three. Ace-four more than ace-three, I guess. Like, I don't know. If we continue, it's kind of terrifying for an ace if we bet again. He's going to call with all of his hands, all of those hands, though. On the turn. Yeah. Is he going to call with two jacks? That's a good question, and I don't know. I don't know either. But he's going to, I mean... He's going to call I, with all his I want to challenge draws. a little bit of what you're saying okay. here. I think there's a lot of value to be had. Okay, good. I think Let's he has. he's going to call with all of his pair and straight draws, assuming we, we uh, size it reasonably. We've, yeah, if we, size it, if we size it correctly, he'll call with the seven-eighths of the world. Yeah, and even the five-eighths. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um... So let's let's talk about what reasonable sizing is that we'll get calls from that. Okay, we got one point four four million in the pot. Yeah. So if we make it like six hundred and forty five thousand or six hundred and fifty thousand, those hands are probably gonna have to call, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's if a we lot make of it combos. like nine hundred thousand, they're gonna have to fold, I would think. Yeah. There's a lot of combos of those two. And you know, Wolanowski might have to call with two jacks because it's Heiselman and yeah. he happens to have a pure bluff that turned into value, but he could have a lot that didn't. If you're Heiselman, you you know how many bluffs you have here. And if you have a lot of bluffs, we probably do have to continue. We also might think it's really, really hard to get raised on this board anyway. And we don't mind more chips going in right now. Like, we're going to check call. We're certainly not going to check fold on yeah. this turn. So that's actually we, a fair point. if we bet, it is kind of a bet fold spot unless we want to go full maniac here. If we bet and get raised, we're like, okay, his ace is up, right? The reason or to, better. The reason to check is because we don't want to be putting ourselves in that spot where Wilanowski will have some bluffs in his range if he raises us. Yeah. But we can't do much about it because of the ICM situation. Does Will, does Wilanowski really want to get into a crazy raising war against the against crazy Max Heiselman? I Probably don't know if not. he does. Probably not. I don't know if he does. Um when he just doesn't have to. Yeah. But maybe maybe he does and never scared 6 or never yeah. scared B or whatever it is. Um It's B. That, that, yeah. yeah, that sounds right, doesn't yeah. it? Um so, okay, yeah, I, I thought it was a check, but I guess as we're talking about it, yeah, we can get value from so many hands, we probably should bet. There's that. Um, we can also, check the river if it's, a, if it's a brick river. Also, my call. initial thought is, like, it's so weird for the line and the flow of the hand if we decide to check now. It's like what, it's really weird. Like, we, we just had one random stab bluff on the flop, and now we're giving up. Like, it's weird. I mean, that's one of the cool things about it, though, yeah. is, like, we actually are crazy strong compared to what we look like we have, right? Yeah. Which is nice, but... Yeah, there's just too much value to be had. I think you, I think you've agreed. Uh, you've convinced me, I should say, that uh, that we should continue as Heinzelman. The river's going to be interesting. Yeah. Depending on how what comes out, assuming Ben just calls here, which I assume he is going to do. Well, how do you know Heinzelman bets? Wow, you're right. I just in my head I thought Heinzelman bet. Did he? He did. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. He he chose a bit bigger sizing than you. He chose seven twenty five, but okay. it's not much of a difference. Nah. So. And we'll, as Wilanowski, we're kind of in the same spot as we were on the flop, where yeah. raising is a bit of a disaster, right? I mean, honestly, even if the board pairs, we don't know how to feel about it. Right. Because, like, all the two pairs now, now are beating us, right? I yeah. Mean, so I don't know if we can ever really... Unless the board pairs with a five exactly, I don't know, as Wilanowski, if we can ever raise Yeah. in the rest of this hand, almost no matter what comes out if we don't make quads. So I think we absolutely have to call, and we may have to close our eyes and call on, on most rivers, but not all rivers. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's what happens. Okay. Heinzelman bets, Wolnowski calls. Pot's big now. How big is it? 2.9 million. Wow. How much does Heinzelman only has like 3.4 million left that's or something, cr- right? Exactly 3.4 million. Wow. So he's got 
He still has 56 blinds. Yes. He started with like 80. So he still has a lot. But, wow, the pot's big. We can get it all in here. Heisman does not want to do that with just one pair in this spot with this hand, for sure. He knows if he bets big. I don't know. Maybe he's expecting Wilanowski to hero, but you wouldn't think very often. No. You'd expect a big hero now that the pot's so big, right? Because right. you have to bet big on the river. Yeah. This is interesting. I wonder what the river's going to be. It's a There's jack a- of hearts. Jack of hearts? Yeah. Okay, so not not like a doesn't really complete anything. Doesn't I was wondering if it was gonna be like a ten or something like that and make no. Eisenman think you oh my god, I almost always have the best hand kind of a yeah. thing. No, it's a jack of hearts, so okay. there's no flush out there. Yeah. Wilnowski's got bottom set. Heisman's got ace ten. This is a bad run out for it's Heisman. A, yeah, five, <laughs> six, seven, flop, rainbow, ace on the turn, jack of hearts in the river. There's kind of no way Heisman can win this pot. Unless he moves in and Wilnowski decides to make a super tight fold. There's no way we can win. But there's no reason to turn our hand into a block. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So there's no way he can do it because he's not going to do that. I would fully expect him to check here. Yeah, and that's what he does. Yeah. And explain why you fully expect expect that. Because now it's hard to get value out of those worst hands that we could that we could get value out of on the turn. Right. There's not like there's any equity to be gained in, in a future street if we have seven eight as Wolanowski now. Like right. seven eight's going to fold on the river. Right. And yeah. the the only hands that I mean, if Wolanowski decides to put on his cape and make a serious hero call for a crazy amount of chips, which is what it would be now, you know, um, with one pair, like two jacks, cool. But I don't know that he's going to do it. And the times when we're beaten, because we can absolutely be beaten here. Two jacks is a set. Oh, right on the river. Yeah. Okay, fine. Not two jacks. Two tens. Yeah. Two two kings, whatever. Um, The times when we're, like, he's kind of almost never going to fold all the better hands. Almost ever, right? Ace-Queen isn't going to love its life, but I don't know that Ace-Queen or Ace-King can get here, you know, yeah. this way. So Ace-Jack probably isn't here either. Ace-Jack is two-pair. No, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the point is it's hard for it to be here when it gets check-raised on the flop. I don't right. know if he's even going to bet the flop with those hands. Yeah, he might check back with those hands. On that board with those hands, right? Yeah. So I think we have to check and let Wolanowski. If Wolanowski has his straight draws that missed, cool, he can bluff them. Yeah. Well, not, if Wolanowski has one pair that we're beating, it's going to go check, check. We get to win. That's pretty awesome. It's a huge pot. And the pot is, the thing is, the pot has gotten so big, we can't make a huge mistake now. Like, no. we can't allow ourselves to make a huge mistake. If the pot was small, we could decide to bet. We could check call. We could do all sorts of things because it doesn't take such a, this goes back to situational stuff, right? It, it's, it takes such a big chunk out of our stack now to check call or to bet ourselves. So we have to consider check calling very, very strongly, but we certainly have to start with checking. All right. Well, before we talk about what Heiselman does, let's talk about a place where you can check, bet, call all the things that poker allows you to do. Well, that's great. That sounds like nitrogen sports poker to me. That is exactly what I was talking about. Is it? Somehow you figured it out. I intuited it. And that's another thing, guys. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> he didn't. I just kind of came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> but nitrogen sports poker room is where we play. We, we play uh, special Poker Guys events. We have yep. ev- every other week we have a bounty tournament where there's a bounty on either Jonathan or my or both of our heads. That's Tuesday at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right. And the bounty is four times the buy-in. Yeah. The buy-in is five millibits. The bounty is 20 millibits. Yeah. Which, you know, it varies day to day, but that's a decent a decent amount of money. I'm sure I speak for all new listeners when I say, Milla, what? Oh, well, that is a one one thousandth of a Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. what is that? Well, a Bitcoin is cryptocurrency, Jonathan. Yes. I don't think we're going to do a whole class no. on that. And in fact, but most Bitcoin, people have heard of them now. Yes, now. but of course, Bitcoin is a great tool for poker players, and yeah. that's why Nitrogen is a Bitcoin-only poker site, the advantages of which are massive, of course. Well, well. Such as using Bitcoin's network for withdrawals and deposits. We're not talking about Nitrogen having its own BS processing times. I'm saying you bank a tournament for four Bitcoin, guess what? You can have it in five to twenty minutes yep. because nitrogen moves at the speed of Bitcoin, which is right. about that. You know, that's how long a transaction takes. Right. Sometimes a lot faster, sometimes slightly slower, but bam, it's there. That's true for deposits and withdrawals. So if you want to get on there and play, you want to make a sports bet, you want to do whatever it is you want to do, it doesn't take very long at all to get your money on there, unlike most other sites. Right. So use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for nitrogen. That is the only way to access the special poker guys events that I referred to earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a great site. Make sure you use the link, though, because or else you won't even be able to see us in our goofy avatars. And if you're liking this podcast, using the link gives the poker guys a little bit more support, and we yeah. appreciate that. Yep. So we'll see you on Nitrogen. Great. All right. So Heiselman's got this decision, and you outlined a lot of good reasons to check on the river here. Again, mm-hmm. Heisman's got ace, ten of hearts. The board is five, six, seven, ace, jack. No flushes out there. Yeah. And he does check. Okay. And for all the reasons you said, I agree. I could come up with a few reasons to bet for him, too, but I think the check feels like it wins. It's hard to think of reasons to bet. The reasons to bet are 
we're Max, he- Max Heisman. We're known as a crazy, crazy MFer. And uh, so we bet like a small bet on the river. So that way, like, it's less than we'd have to call anyway. Because we know we're going to call a lot of bets on the river. Maybe not all bets. We're going to call a fair amount of time on okay. the river, right? Um, and this way, and if Ben sees us as a guy who's just got so, so many bluffs, he may call with worse hands. But that, that last part's vital to be able to make this bet. Right, of course. I mean, like, we have to believe Ben sometimes will call with his 7-8. Right, right, exactly. Otherwise, we can't make this bet. Yeah. And I don't know enough about their history. And it's such a big spot, it's probably not worth doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we still have 65 blinds or whatever, right? Yeah, I think it's, pot, it's controls, okay to, pot controls the way to go here. It's okay to just keep your 65 blinds and hope hope it goes check, check, and you just get to win, right? Yeah, and sometimes you lose even if it goes check, check. Of course, but yeah. a lot of the times you win. Mostly right. you win. Yeah, so uh, so Heiselman does check, mm. and Wilanowski now asks Heiselman how much he has behind. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah. Are you really doing this now? And then he verbalizes 1.7 million. Hmm. Now, Wilanowski needs to be betting here, right? That's why I kind of glossed over that. Of course he does. Yeah, once Heiselman checks. Our hand is just way too strong. Heiselman is almost certainly going to go for value with his straights, his better sets. Honestly, probably even his two pairs some of the time. I don't know, but... Thought experiment time. Here we go. You know what it is. What if Heiselman moves, moves in, in for 1.7 more? We're Wilanowski. Uh, I think that's that's the answer to the thought experiment. <laughs> like, oh, God, uh, why? Why is this my life? Okay. Why did I bet? Ben Wilnowski knows Heisman well enough to know that he's almost always going for his value by betting the river and not checking after taking this line. Right, and that's that's the crux of this argument. But Doesn't, that said, is Heisman really going to bluff like that? I doubt it. Is does Heisman ever have ace jack and makes that play? The check shove? Yeah, maybe. Like, I understand. I understand that we have to play a set just the way we did, especially this set of fives. Yeah. Most of our hands that we're playing this way are way worse than fives. Yeah, he might he might do that with ace jack. It's possible. You might really think you have the best hand with ace jack, but the thing is, you might just move in with ace jack. That's but the this thing, is right? such like, especially if it's eight nine, but maybe any straight. I think it's a really cool line with a straight to go check raise bet check shove because a lot of the reasoning for putting in aggressive actions before the river with a straight is that we don't block anything and we can't improve right. Mm-hmm. Now we're not worried about the can't improve part anymore with right. eight nine. We still have the nuts. Yeah. Right. So we're not like we're not worried about not taking an aggressive action and allowing our opponent to beat us in some way. So we've gotten here this way with with a straight, let's say. Okay. Because of all the reasons. Yeah. And now we're like, okay, how do I more likely get all of the chips? Maybe check shoving is the best way. I'm not sure, and here's why. Okay. I don't know if Ben Wanoffsi is going to call the turn with just a draw. And so if he's got a pair, he's just going to check that back so quickly. Like, we, we size it a little bit bigger, remember? But there are two pairs in sets. True, but those are going to call anyway, aren't they? What do you mean, anyway? It, like, if we make a big bet on the river? Oh, if we move in? Yeah, or we come close to moving in or whatever, those are going to probably find a call. I don't know. Let's change the thought experiment. Okay. What if Heiselman moves in on the river for yes. over pot and Wilanowski sitting there with bottom set? Wow. I think we're going to find a call as Wilanowski. But Are we? I, I think so. But let's consider the situation. I am. Is Heiselman really risking his tournament with a bluff? Because he's not doing this for value with a worse hand, unless maybe it's ace-jack. Here's what I know about Max Heiselman. I know one thing. He six-bet all-in with ace-six offsuit pre-flop yeah. for, like, over 100 blinds. Yeah, okay. So I know that about him. That's fair. So it's so if there's someone who's going to do it, he's got to be in that on that list of guys who might do it. Okay. Right? So that means our hand is just too good to fold, I think. It's not a good spot. It's a terrible spot we're supposed to be losing. But the other question I would ask is, is it possibly somehow as ace-jack here? Okay, so he has maybe eight combos of ace-jack. He's still got those 42 combos, All right? The... Yeah, okay. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I think mostly, though, he's just going to move in himself when he's got like a pot size. But that's a... what we're talking about. I know. Oh, if he does move in. Yeah. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. I got caught up in the check raise. Let's think about the check raise again. Um, I think we have to call. I just think we have to call. Do you Do you think we have to fold? I guess the, it comes down to, does Max Heisman have king, queen of spades here ever? Is he just doing this as a bluff? Does he ever have ace, eight? No. No, ace, eight. Sorry. You're right. King, eight. King, eight. Like he's I mean, open ended. He's open ended on the flop. Or he has like six, eight, and he turns his, he's like, a six is not good enough here. I'm going to have to move in. 
Get him off one pair. I, I think that's the, the real question is, right. does he decide to bluff his entire stack? I think it's way? possible. He, he's a high-stakes reg. You know, like, this, the money in this tournament means less to him than almost anyone in this tournament. All right, tournament. but you can't give him all of the combos of those hands, right? I cannot. But we can give him all 42 combos of the good hands. Then he moves in with... I yeah. don't know. Is he going to move in versus... Assuming he, assuming he moves in, okay. we're now there. Right, right, right. We have to believe that he has okay. all 42 of those combos. That's fine. Yeah. Sure. Um, so we have eight combos of value that are potentially good for us with Ace-Jack, which he might not necessarily move in with. He might not. He might not. That's true. So we can give maybe four of those combos. And how, sure. how many combos of bluffs? Also, Ace-Jack, it's really hard for him to have Ace-Jack. He had to check-raise the flop with Ace-Jack and yeah. go runner-runner. It's possible, but it's, yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, he had Ace-10, so it turns out it could be, but he has to have exactly Ace-Jack and have that all happen. It's unlikely. So how many combos of bluffs can we really give him it comes down to? Well, the question is about it comes down to open-ended straight draws and, and gut shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? So, like, can he do this with, like, all the nines? Does he just have, like, 10-9 and queen-9 and stuff like that? If he does, if he has those, suddenly we can get there, right? I mean, if but we can't give him all of those combos, um, because okay. he won't play them like that every time. No, well, he won't play any of his any all his value no, combos. No, like but this what every I'm saying, time. once we get to the river and we're at this point, you're saying he won't shove all we those can, combos. Yeah, we can imagine him shoving all of all of the 42 value combos that yes. are bad for us. Yes. but we can't necessarily give him all 32 combos of queen nine and right. He's not going to shove all his bluffs. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But we might be able to come up with a fair amount of straight draws that missed, and he plays some of them like this. Let's see how many we can come up with, okay? Okay. So we have um, king nine for sure, queen nine for sure, ten nine for sure, right? And, and all of those with an eight also? Yes. Yeah. So those are hands that we can come up with. I'm not saying I'll play them all like this, but those are hands that could, that yeah. could absolutely take this line. Other hands like this are fours, like king four suited, most suited fours. He's going to play almost all his suited force, I think, pre-flop. And he might check-raise those. That's not crazy. And then he bets the turn, and it didn't work, and now he's going to sometimes move in on the river. Okay. So if we give him all of that stuff, okay, that's going to come to something like 140 combos. Something. Obviously, he's not going to play them all. All right. So what percentage on each street do we have to eliminate? Oh, like, gosh. I don't know. Like on the flop, we already eliminate more than half. He's going to check-call with a lot of the open-enders. He is. He is. And 10-9 actually is a pretty good check call hand. Yeah. You do not have to turn that into a bluff at all. It's not necessary. Like I think by the river, he maybe has 10% of those hands if he shoves. Maybe less. I don't know. I don't know. He's kind of a crazy dude. Maybe he has more. And maybe he does have some air also, by the way. But um, let, I'm going to fight you a little and say it's more than 10%. But I don't know how much more it is. Okay. Can we Let's, come up with justifying it against 42 combos, not just chip EV, but ICM-wise? It's going to be really hard to do that. Because if we give him 20%, then we're at 28 combos. Yeah. And then we're not there yet, right? No. With When you add in the EV situation. Yeah. Sorry, the, sorry, the ICM situation to it. Um, if he has some air, which I think he can have, it's maybe. It's, that's just full maniac, though. Yeah. He moved. He's six bet all yeah. in for over 100 blinds, like on day five of the main event. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, he's a maniac. Right. So if he can have air too, a, a chunk of air, then I don't know. The question is how much air does he have? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to have that much air. He might just give up when the ace comes, or he might give up once he's bets and the ace calls. But you could also be like, oh, Ben has a calling hand on the turn. Cool. I can move in on the river and just win a lot. Like, I'm going to rep the straight. Ben doesn't have a straight. What's he going to do? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I would sort of default back to it's Max Heiselman. He's crazy, and I have one of the best possible hands I can have. I'm probably just going to have to find a call here, even though this is awful. Okay. Fair enough. But this, if, if Heiselman were to take that line and shove the river, and he wasn't Heiselman. Yes. He was just an avatar. He had no idea who he was. You're uh, folding a set of fives most of the time on the river, right? It's so hard for me to do this. You have to understand. I know. Uh, I, I, I hate folding so much. Uh, good hands, I mean. I hate it so much, and uh, it goes against everything I am and I believe in in the world. There's just so many strong value combos you can have. I know, I know, and that, that line is super strong. I would strongly, strongly consider folding fives. I mean, in fairness, I, did I tell this story already in a previous podcast about in the Arizona Poker Championship like three weeks ago where I had the ace-king? and yes, I, ended up, I ended up on did. the river. I'll, just to quickly summarize it, I ended up on the river with trip aces and... Uh, 
like the flush comes down the river. I check the old guy moves in for a third of the pot or something like that. You know, I'm getting four to one or three to one on the river. So it's a little more than half the pot. I'm getting three to one on the river. I can call and still have a, that that bet that he just made left. And he moves in for like 7,000. There's 21K in the pot. I have seven. I have like 8K behind if I call and lose. And I think for several minutes before I finally call with top top. Sorry, trips with top kicker. And I'm right. And I win. And it was nice. But like, so, I mean, it's not like I'm going to insta-call with like a good hand, you know, because I have a good hand here. All right, change change my statement to a competent player that yes. we, that is not necessarily a crazy person. Right. Right, and the stakes matter to them. Yeah. I believe the stakes matter to them. In this exact spot. Yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, the uh, problem is this. Like, so on the turn, if we're going to fold the river in this spot, on the turn, we're calling, hoping the river's going to... We need one of two things to happen on well, the river. we don't necessarily think he's going to shove That's the, the other thing. Yeah. We need to, it's either that or we need the board to pair. By the way, if the board pairs, that may not be good for us. It's, if the board it, pairs and he shoves, is that good for us? It's good enough um, because... We beat the straights. Because there's uh, 30, 38 of the bad combos for us are straights. That's true. That's a fair point. Yeah. We kill... And then the only things that beat us then are the better sets, which... You well, can make and then, an the, argument and then the like, two pairs, we have to add in the two pairs Oh, then, yeah, which the is, two pairs. Which is only a, not much. That's only 14 combos, so... It, it makes up for itself. Okay. It's it's I, a crappy spot. I think it's a really tough spot. But we don't get to see it. Let's go back to reality. Okay. End thought experiment. Um, so what actually happens? Let's recap here. It's a Good. five six seven board uh, ace on the turn, jack on the river. Heiselman checks his ace ten on the river, having gone check raise bet, got called twice. Um, Wilnowski with bottom set now bets one point seven. Heiselman's got three point four left. Yeah. What should Heiselman do? Oh, this is a hard spot for Heiselman. Clearly, he would never move in. We're talking about. We're thinking about that. We'd never yeah. do that. Now we're just going to call or we're going to fold. We oh. have a good hand. I want to say one thing to yes. start, just to make this very clear: we're not beating any value. Right. Of course not. The yeah. question. I the first question I have is: Is Wolanowski going to be turning seven eight into a bluff here? I think that's highly unlikely, but it's possible. It's possible, right? And so. That, I think, is going to inform our decision because I don't yeah. think he's turning most of his one. Like, any better hand than that, I don't think he, I think he's just going to check back and hope is good. 7-8 might be good also, so he doesn't have to turn it into a bluff, right? Right. Um, in fact, I think I'd probably check back 7-8 as Wolnowski thinking, I usually win, right? Like, yeah, like Heiselman might be giving up with a bluff or yeah. he might have had, like, an open enter type hand that he's giving up with. Right, he's giving up a lot here. That ace came, I called again, and he's just giving up, like... I, I just almost always win here, right? Like, and is my plan to try and move Heiselman off two eights? I don't think so. You no. know, like that seems like a bad plan. Right. Like, there's it's so it's just such there's a small, three, small three range of target. There's yeah, three, exactly. Yeah. And if we have seven eight, there's even less. Well, but, no, it's three combos. Oh, because we have that. seven eight. Yeah. Well, fine, yeah. Grant. You and your combos. Um. So yeah. So I think so. We're probably checking back our one pair of hands as well. Enough. See, also again, the pot is so big. I mean, you can make a case either way with this. The pot is so big, you'd hate to make a huge mistake as Wolanowski. But also, the pot is so big, it's worth winning, and it's worth turning certain hands into bluffs in a just-in-case type spot, too. So you can go either way with All that. All right, let's forget about 7-8 for a second. Right. And, uh, and think about true bluffs. Like, what are yeah. hands that it's not like you have to be thinking on another level to be bluffing? Whew. I mean, on the turn, I don't know. It's hard to come up with very many hands that are... Like, I don't think Wolanowski's calling just... An open ender on the turn, right? If if Wolnowski has king eight suited, it's probably time to fold on the turn, right? He can fold, he can raise, he can't really call. Yeah. So what? So what does he? So if he doesn't have any true bluffs, now it's pair. He's turning a pair into a bluff, or we're beat. That's it, right? Yeah. And I don't know that he turned a pair into a bluff very often, really. It seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. He shouldn't. He shouldn't think he has to do it against against Heiselman. All right. So what is he betting for value? Because he's just going to tap the table with ace-queen, right? Um, yes. He's got to be, yes. His value is better than ace-queen, I think. That's the one pip-up hand. That's why I said it. Oh, I see. See, that's cool. Um, ace, seven. She might have raised a turn, but he might not have. Actually, he didn't raise five, so he would have yeah. raised ace-seven. Okay. So ace-seven. Ace-seven, ace-six, ace-five. Ace is up. Yeah. A reasonable hand he could ace do jack. this with. Ace-jack is hard for him to have. Yeah, he's probably not going to call the flop with ace-jack. He might not not call the flop. He might because it's Heiselman exactly, but the plan is what with ace-jack? I'm just going to hold on and hope he has an open-ended straight draw. And hope he doesn't hit one of his random cards. I mean, it's just not a good plan. So ace-jack shouldn't be here. So it's aces up. I mean, it's 
it's hard to come up with sets, but yes, we we know we can have one based on where we actually are. But I think in Heiselman's mind, you're like, does he really have, what sets does he? He doesn't have a set. Flop two pairs. Flop two pairs that decide to be careful, which is we think smart. Um, are they going to bet the river? I mean, in Heiselman, if we're he- tapping ace queen, are we really betting? We have to give Heiselman a little more credit than you just gave him. Okay. Of of like you went to the immediate. Well, we can't think he has a set, but like we, when we analyzed the flop, it was very clear that Wilnowski had to just call with a set. No question. And Heiselman probably is. Heiselman's like, really good. If he's going to take the time and think about it, he knows that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't argue that. I don't think Wilnowski's betting baby two pair here on the river. Okay. Because if he, again, if we if we think it's an easy check with ace queen, this is like two pips better than that. I don't know yeah. why we'd bet baby two. Yeah. Pair. Okay. If we we can remo- remove those then. So I think it's like aces up plus. So it's like aces up and fives, and sixes. The question is, what is Wilanowski doing with sevens on the flop? Is he just like you know, let's go? I was like, going to go further than that and ask if he's actually going to raise the nuts on the flop. Does he ever play the nuts like this? Good question. That's a great question. He he absolutely might play the yeah. nuts like this, and also weaker straights. Yeah, he might play. He may play all his, a lot of his strong hands, especially against Heiselman like this. Right? Yeah, he might play all of his straights like this. Yeah, he's in position against a crazy guy. Why do you want to scare off the crazy guy? Let the crazy guy keep firing. Yeah, if, if we give him eight nine off, three right. four suited and four eight suited, and like at least a decent amount of those combos, that's yeah. already a ton of value. We have to give him the sets. Yes, and we probably have to give him at least half the aces up. Okay. So I think that's a good reason to fold because the bluffs are what? A pair in a straight draw that have decided to turn into a bluff, which is not going to happen that frequently. Or a straight draw that maybe specifically 8-10. Maybe Wolanowski will call the turn with 8-10 specifically because he has a draw to the super nuts. And if if somehow Eiselman has an 8 also, he can really get it all, that type of thing. Huh. Maybe. Maybe. That's That's an interesting thought. But I don't know. But there's only four cards to hit the super nuts. Yeah, you're, you're paying more than. And then he would the still pot. have to decide to turn that hand into a bluff on the river instead of just giving up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he's really going to play. I think he's. I don't think he's going to play the hand like that. I don't think he's going to have eight ten here. So we're we're struggling to come up with bluffs. Then we are, and we clearly can't beat any of the value. And no. we've enumerated the value, and it all seems pretty clear that Wilnowski could have all of that. What a poopy spot. We seem we're a bit underrepped because we checked the river. Yes. Because what we were repping on the flop and the turn was a very strong hand that you would expect to bet on the river. And when we check, it looks like we're giving up on a plan, right? So that right. means that we're a bit under-repped. That's, one re- that's the only reason I can think of to call. Right. We, well, the only way we can win this hand is somehow Wolnowski does have the open ender. And he's like, well, we both have draws and you're giving up. So yeah. I have to win. Like, I have to bet to win here. But it just seems so unlikely Wolnowski's going to call without a made hand on the turn. I mean, this is a 30-blind bet. This is a big deal. The turn did. The turn brought a rainbow, right? Yeah, the rainbow board. So there's no like picked up flush draw no, on the turn nothing. or anything. Yeah, yeah. I guess I I think as wait no, turn did not bring a rainbow. Oh, it did not. Second diamond. Okay, so there's so there's that. So Wolnowski could have had an open ender and turned a combo draw. Yes, and now he's turning that into a bluff on the river. Yeah, so that's he has possible. Eight ten of diamonds, king eight of diamonds, queen eight of diamonds. He's checking back jack eight of diamonds because he right. rivered a pair, and that's it. You're yeah, right. so, so that's not much. Like four combos. That's not going to do. It. Are there? Wait, there are other diamonds he can have. Can he have nines of diamond? No, probably not. He's probably not going to call with just like a, a gut shot. Overs, and, overs, and a gut shot. Maybe he will in a backdoor. Nine, ten of diamonds. Nine, ten of diamonds. King, nine of diamonds. Queen, nine of diamonds. Okay, maybe he can have those. Okay, so it's six combos. I mean, still not a versus lot. like seventy or yeah, something. Yeah, whatever yeah. we mentioned. That that's those are the only air that we can come up with. That's not good. Enough. And he has to decide to. To follow through and bluff. Right. So we can't give him all of them. He could have moved in on the turn if he really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect him to. No. But he could have. Uh, also, it looks like, as Heiselman, it actually looks like we're checking to call a lot here, right? Yeah. Like like we flopped two pair. Like Heiselman's most likely line when, he's, when he doesn't have it is not giving up and probably firing again on the river. And when he has something, he's going to check the river a lot, you know? Yeah, I think I just realized it looks like Heiselman is a flop two pair. And he's checking the river to, like, induce. Yeah. He's right. checking the river because he doesn't think he can get called by worse that often. Right. And, like, there's right. not that much value in betting. Right. And so, Wolanowski's hoping that that's exactly the case, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And then Heiselman, if he's sitting there, if he's, if he's able to do all this in his head in real time, which is not easy to do. No, of course not. It's a uh, very different situation. Yeah. Because I, I, would, I would often default to, like, well, I'm underrepped here, and I'm, I'm checking the bluff catch and all these things, and it might be easy to get caught up in that instead of thinking... 
What's the how does how does he get here with a worse hand that he turns into a bluff on the river? Yeah. How does he do that? I mean, maybe if Wolofsky can go so deep into these levels that we're talking about here, which is, well, the only value I should really have here is this is like really strong value. Like mm-hmm. aces up plus. Right. And Heiselman's checking his like flop two pair on the river. I can turn my one pair of hands into a bluff. But that seems like just Levels upon levels, and I don't yeah. know if that's fair to do. That feels unfair to do to Heiselman, you know, um, and, and Wilanowski in some ways. Like, mostly poker's not that complicated. Right. You know, I feel like I, once in a while it gets this complicated, but mostly it isn't. Mostly it's more straightforward than that. And the very basic math of this for Heiselman is I've got 65 blinds, and I've got one parent. I don't beat any value. Yep. And it's hard for Wilanowski to show up with very many bluffs. So we think this is a fold. I think this is a fold. I agree. I think this is a fold, but this is a hard fold, and in the moment, it's a harder fold because it's hard to do all this. Of course, thought and in, in the moment, the thing that would keep crossing my mind and probably be overrepresented in my mind versus all the other factors is that I am underrepped because I checked the I know. river. Well, this is a thing we often underrep ourselves. Yeah, right? we're all I'm I'm huge about underrepping, and then I get myself in weird spots. Yeah, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's awful because people. Either they're playing their hand for the strength, or they're like, he doesn't really have it, and you know, and, and you know, even we, and us, we often talk about how it's important to, like, at a very basic level, it's important to range your opponents and think about their their intentions and and the way they're playing versus how you want your hand to play out. Like we talked about this with Israeli Ron, mm-hmm. how we thought maybe he right. was just playing the hand based on how he wanted his hand to be played instead of really thinking about what his opponent might do and what his opponent has and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think we're pretty good at not being guilty of ever just playing a hand that way. We're good at ranging our opponents and playing accordingly. But the thing that we sometimes overrepresent in our own minds based on how we want to play our hand is that we are underrepped. Right. And I think a lot of good players fall victim to that. Right. And it's possible that Max Heisman did because he calls. I thought you said instead of Max Heisman, I thought you said my ex-husband. Oh, no. It's possible that my ex-husband did because he calls. Max Heisman is my ex-husband. <laughs> oh, that's there. So it, it all works Make, out fine. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. um, he calls, yeah. He calls. And I can't blame him, but after talking about it for so long, I think it's you got to fold here. The only other thing we can, I can say in Max Heiselman's favor. My ex-husband's favor? I believe he's never been married. <laughs> um, is uh, Because they played so many hands, they have so much history. He has a pretty good sense of how often Wolnowski might be bluffing in this spot. True. Now, this is a tournament. I think they mostly play cash. Yeah. It's different. And maybe he's thinking about this from a cash point of view. Wouldn't surprise me at all, actually. Wolnowski might have more bluffs in his range in a cash game than... I would expect Well, he, he would. definitely has more bluffs in his range in a cash game than this, this specific situation in a tournament. This specific situation, he shouldn't have that many bluffs if we think Heiselman is, likes to call. And if we think Heiselman likes to, likes to fold, then he should have a lot of bluffs, right? Yeah. Heiselman does call. I would guess Heisman, Heiselman likes to call. Yep. He's a, he's a high-stakes reg. He, they, most of those guys don't like to fold. Of course. Yeah. So... That makes it even a little less likely that Wolnowski is bluffing here, is my guess. Although that is a little, now that I know what happened, results-oriented, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know what happened, and you thought he should fold. Ultimately, I thought he should fold, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I did know that. It, I did know what the what the hands were and where we were. I, that's one of the reasons why I thought I should fold. You know, it's like always oh, losing. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it makes it easier. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, sometimes we're in the spot, and not exactly the spot, I, I acknowledge. But we're in a spot like this, and we're like, okay. Um, what can we beat? What can't we beat? And it's like, well, we can't beat any value, but what value is there? And I guess with, with Wolnowski, we could actually come up with a fair amount of value, which makes this, and, and almost no bluffs. And I guess that's ultimately what you have to decide when you're at the river in these spots. Okay, I can only yeah. beat a bluff. What are the bluffs? What is the value? And sometimes, and this is the part that sometimes confuses me with these spots, and I think gets us both a little bit, is sometimes there's more bluffs than you can enumerate, right? right. Sometimes there's weird air bluffs, which Heisman might have ended up with with his ace-10, but he turned an ace. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's that. Sometimes there's uh, sometimes there's more value too. I guess some people can expand their value range, and that changes it. But I guess we're doing as best we can guess in this situation against these players with with what we know. What are the bluffs? What are the value? It's all you can ever do, right? Of course, yeah. And so Heiselman decides to call, but it feels like a cash game spot the way he played it rather yeah. than a uh, a tournament spot. Wow, what a devastating hand for Heiselman. Yeah, he's left with 1.7 million. He's got under 30 blinds now. He started with over 80. Yeah. That's horrible. And I don't know what place he finishes in, but obviously Wilanowski goes on to win. It ain't first. Wilanowski, I mean, this is a huge pot for him. Yeah. Right? I mean, he picks up 50 blinds. He goes from having 100 bl- or 95 lines or whatever to 145 and is now just the overwhelming chip leader. Gets a little value back after uh, not getting full value out of Jugvend and Bygar when he really should have gotten yes. a 
ton of chips out of yeah, me. Yeah, he was supposed to get all the chips there and yeah. didn't, somehow did not. I mean, that still amazes me. But an incredible spot yeah. uh, to be able to get value. I mean, it feels like a pretty straightforward value bet on the river when Heiselman checks. Yeah, I don't think Heiselman's ever checking sixes plus. You wouldn't expect it, right? Because yeah. he went check raise and he bet the turn and we called. Yeah. So he would expect he's going to get called on the river enough of the time. Right. That, yeah, and you don't have to be too afraid of the check raise, I think, because of the the size of the stacks versus the pot. You know, right. it's like he only has a little more than a pot size bet left. He'd just be worried it's going to go check, check too often or we're going to bet fold. Like, if he wants to get a bet in, he should choose the size himself. Mm-hmm. So as Wolanovski, I think we can bet pretty comfortably and almost always win. Yep. Certainly when called, it's hard to imagine us ever losing. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. All that right. was a cool hand. I really like doing this, by the way. We should do this again. We should switch it up and do it next time. Do it. Uh, you don't know. All right. To the hand. I'm excited. Pretty fun. I'm excited to do that. That sounds yeah. fun. All right, cool. Well, I guess we're done with that one. All right,